Hello, and welcome back to a very special episode of The Restroom. I'm your host, Natasha Lippmann. Today's show is a little bit different from what we normally do, but I hope you'll agree it's a very important one. On the 24th of February 2022, the world watched in horror as Russian troops invaded Ukraine. At the time of recording, more than two and a half million people have fled the country in what the United Nations has called the fastest growing refugee crisis since World War II. I wondered all world needs to know that people with disabilities in Ukraine are left behind and we are valuable and we need your support because alone we can't win this war. It's unclear how many of those who've left are disabled, but the European Disability Forum has said tens of thousands of people with disabilities risk being abandoned and forgotten leaving your home and belongings and crossing the border to another country with nothing but what you can carry is an unimaginable task for anyone. But for disabled people, that journey can seem impossible. And as Russia steps up its attacks on civilian centres, staying in Ukraine doesn't seem like an option, but not everyone is physically able to leave. For those who can't, it has become more difficult to get medication and basic supplies like food. There's reduced access to healthcare and bomb shelters are far from accessible for many people. For those who are trying to leave, the International Disability Alliance says there's little evacuation support. With journeys that can take days, overflowing train stations, hours of border queues and lack of medical support en route, even those who do manage to get to refugee centres or shelters face many obstacles. The list of hurdles is endless, but includes inaccessible accommodation, difficulties getting suitable transport and a lack of information in accessible formats such as braille or sign language. Charities and organisations across Europe are coming together and working tirelessly to help as many disabled Ukrainians as they can find safety, or to provide practical help to those who've chosen, or who have no other choice but to stay. But there's still so much work to be done. I spoke to Tanya Harasimova, the project coordinator for the Ukrainian disability activist group Fight for Right. Their mission is to achieve effective implementation of the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, and a few weeks ago the focus of their work shifted almost overnight as rumours began to circulate that Russia would invade Ukraine. Tanya is disabled and made the difficult decision to leave her home. Thanks to the support of her colleagues, she's now safely out of the country, and I was able to speak to her about her experiences and the work that needs to be done to support disabled Ukrainians, both inside and outside the country. I left Ukraine in February 25. This is uh, this was uh, the second day of the war and in February 24 at morning when I wake up and my mom say that it's a, a Russian invasion and we we need something to do uh, because I live on first floor and have no elevator in the building. So uh, it was really dangerous for me. And also we haven't accessible shelter, bomb shelters in my city. This is Kamienske, Dnipropetrovsk region. This was the only option to leave Ukraine for me because for people with disability is not um, not safe place and this is the only the only chance to to save our lives it's leave Ukraine uh, but it's not easy decision and i dare it only thanks to the fight for right team they are support me a lot and also people worldwide 
support me. This is our international community, which united for saving people with disability in Ukraine. And now we still working on, on evacuation. I am using wheelchair. And I'm going from Kamienskie to Lviv and from Lviv to Poland with my mother. Uh, she also has a disability and she uses crutches. And we uh, ride into Lviv by train and this was hard. Uh, hard night, hard trip. Uh, there was many, many people, some riding, standing up and uh, military uh, military airplanes flew about us the only support was from my colleagues who just text me that you can do it you strange you you should do it and this really helped me to uh, <laughs> to to do it and um, my colleague from Fight for Right also met me in Lviv and they took me to the border Kui. And this was a surprise because Kui by cars was 20 kilometers to the border. And my mom just said to me, no, I can't walk 20 kilometers. I never do it. I I better back home, but I I can't do it. Uh, but uh, there was a miracle. We found a minibus, and driver agreed to take us to the border, and we walk to to the cross board cross board only 500 meters. And this was incredible because I was ready to walk like eight kilometers because people say that crossboard we uh, eight kilometers, five kilometers, but not 500 meters. And it was hard experience, but I'm really, uh, really appreciate now that I can help by my experience to other people and even I can help them to to dare uh, on this experience because uh, some people just refused from evacuation because they scare. Uh, some people with disabilities never was uh, abroad before. And this really hard decision, but I think that we all have to do it now to save our lives and to back home in in some times and uh, to build up Ukraine. And before the invasion, what was the work that you were doing with Fight for Right? Um, before the invasion, I work with community and I was lead of the direction of the organization Strange the Community. And also I was coordinator uh, of school for girls and women with disabilities, uh, Liderka. This is school of political participation. And uh, now we had have online course, online part. And in May, we planned to, to provide a third edition of the school. But our plan uh, changes 
I, I still hope this that it will be possible to to make the school how we planned, but uh, I don't know yet how to do it. But yes, we uh, working a lot with uh, girls and women with disabilities and uh, defense their our rights. Also, we had advocacy direction, analytical center. We work for implementation of CRPD, Convention of the Right of People with Disabilities in Ukraine. So a few weeks ago, all of the work that you were doing had to change very suddenly. How did the organization kind of start working to support people with disabilities in Ukraine? We began working to support people with disabilities in emergency three weeks before the Russian invasion. Because uh, there was uh, some information that invasion is possible. So we started just to monitor bomb shelters, uh, some emergency instruction for people with disability. Our head of our organization, Yulia Sechuk, started to to learn uh, international experience. And we also tried to involve state authorities in this process. And we began to learn the situation with accessibility of bomb shelters. Uh, but um, state authorities no, were not so useful. And it was no surprise for us that such shelters are not available. And the only way it's to save people with disability was to evacuate them. We haven't planned that we will do it. No, but we had planned for us, uh, for me, uh, how I should um, should go if something could possible. But uh, since second day of the war, we started to evacuate people because we saw that um, it's another problem in our state authorities and no one will help us without us uh, so we we started to do it ourselves we look at for volunteers and also um, many organization join us to do it it's really we received really a huge amount of messages from organization of people with disability, from people with disabilities from all around the world. And we joined it, uh, them and started to evacuate people how we, we don't know how to do it. We all have not such experience. We just started to do it. 24 hours per day and we looking for volunteers who can take uh, people in Ukraine who can provide transportation this is the biggest issue because some people need um, medical transportation and there are not such transportation in Ukraine and no accessible transport now we trying to looking for accommodation for transportation abroad. Also, we have GoFundMe campaign, and this is the only our resource which provide us some money. And thanks to the donation, we can support uh, people 
with disability crossing borders uh, to found some shelters, etc. We're just trying to do our best. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. We we will see if that's right. But now we have um, more than nineteen people which we supported in different ways. We have more than 100 requests. It's also humanitarian request or some um, consultation about crossing the borders because uh, this is uh, really a big issue to cross the border with uh, caregivers if this is a man from 18 to 60. Also, our advocacy managers working on this side of the war. We're trying to help people and to, to gather in all resources to help people. Before the invasion, how many disabled people were in Ukraine? 2.7 million people with disability. I'm not sure that is correct statistic because also there are a lot of people who haven't legal disability. We have a research that uh, every five people in Ukraine uh, have disability experience in their family and like their friends, etc. This is research from 2020s. It's really more than 2.7 million people. And you might not have this information now, but do you know how many people who are disabled have been unable to leave over the last few weeks? I don't know. I really don't know. But I know that uh, many people just don't want to leave their homes. And we're trying to help them with some equipment, with some to find some volunteers who can provide food, water, or some other help. It's really hard, and it's become harder and harder each day. We're trying to do all what we can to do, and this is also, I, I respect the decision to stay in Ukraine, and I know how, how hard now to be there for people with disabilities. Are there issues on the other side as well that when people can kind of get to the border and they get through the border that there aren't accessible places for them to stay, that they can't get the support that they need once they've left Ukraine? In Europe, it's a little bit easier than in Ukraine to find uh, such accommodation, but it's really hard and it's becoming worse and worse because it's a really a lot of people now in Poland, and Poland closed already some cities for people with disability. Poland was first country when they are going because it's closer to us and we understand Polish language. It's a little bit easy, but really a lot of organization help us with transportation to other country to found interpreter for people with disability and trying to found uh, accessible accommodation and all people which we evacuated they have all all facilities what they need and also we have such case when a couple was using a wheelchair and they was need 
immediately uh, medical care. And uh, in Poland, we couldn't provide this, uh, this care and some organization from Germany, they agreed to help the couple. And now they are in hospital in Germany and they had all help what they need. These people are incredible because uh, this is not their war, but they work the same like us. All day and all night, they uh, looking for a volunteer organization in different countries, uh, looking for possibilities of transportation, accommodation. Also, they communicate with people with disabilities in Ukraine who can speak English, and uh, they working on cases uh, the same like our team, our volunteers from Ukraine. And this support uh, really inspired us to to work and to do more because this is really so powerful when people from all world just united for for us for people with disabilities from Ukraine. This is really incredible. What are the biggest challenges that you're facing at the moment? To take people from occupied territory because um, now for someone the only possibility to leave ukraine this is green corridors people scare to to live and they have no resources to stay home <laughs> this is really hard also a big issue this is a transportation because we trying to to found a medical transportation for people with several types of disability. And this is hard to found, and this is a big money to take such, uh, such transport. So we really appreciate all donation on GoFundMe because they help us to, to save lives. This is really important. And now we still working for to make transportation easier and our partners also help us. And I hope in a couple of days we will have our car, which will help people to evacuate people from Ukraine to, to Lviv, to Poland border. And this is, will, will be a little bit easier, but it's, it's hard because of uh, many, many cities now were attacked by Russians. And uh, this is, became harder to, to take people from there. I'm trying to share information about help which we providing. And also I'm working on cases. Some people, I have a lot of people who I know and I try to write them directly because people even can't imagine that someone can really help them. It's just volunteers. It's the only people who can help now with the evacuation. So I, I just try to, to share my own experience and to show people that it is possible and we really can help them and we really will support them on each step 
of this long way. Uh, so this is the work which I do. And also we now doing some media work to to raise this question on national and international level. I want that all world need to know that people with disabilities in Ukraine are left behind and we are valuable and we need your support all of your of yours because alone we can't win this war we really need uh, support from whole world and i really want to say thank you to all who now already helps people from ukraine all peoples uh, who supported us uh, in your country who supported us just to write us messages they you are with us for our praise for our wishes we really really appreciate it thank you so much to tanya for speaking to me about her experiences and the work fight for right is doing to help disabled people in ukraine if you'd like to donate to support the work of fight for right you'll find a link in the show notes I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to my premium subscribers on Substack, who help make important episodes such as this one possible. If you'd like to support more work like this, you can subscribe at natashalipman.substack.com. Please consider sharing this episode on social media so it can reach as many people as possible. Tanya and her team need all the support they can get right now. Thanks so much for joining me in the restroom. Ta-ta for now.